0: Hello, you're listening to So You Want to Be a Writer, the podcast about the world of writing and publishing. My name's Valerie Koo, and I'm your your co-host, and I'm CEO of the Australian Writer Centre, where you'll find writing courses and a really supportive writing community. I usually co-host this podcast every week with Alison Tate, also known as A.L. Tate, whose latest book is The Firestar, a Maven and Reeve mystery. I'm flying solo in this in-between episode, but Alison and I will be back to our regular weekly programming in the next episode. But this episode is a story session, just you, me, and our guest author of the week. If you're new to this podcast, the story sessions are where you'll hear the first chapter of a book that we recommend, usually read by the author. Listening to the first chapter lets you sample something new while you're, you know, knitting or gardening or making the bed or trying to fit that fitted sheet onto the bed. That's so hard. Anyway, we all love to discover new authors, but sometimes it's not easy to scan endless shelves at the library or wade through reviews on websites or go to the bookstore when we've got demanding kids wanting us to do other things. So we've brought the bookstore to you. This week I've chosen Can't Say It Went to Plan by Gabrielle Toza. This is the latest young adult novel from the fabulous Gabrielle Toza, author of The Intern, Faking It, and Remind Me How This Ends. This time Gabrielle is taking on Schoolies, that infamous break at the end of high school when Aussie kids hit the beach or wherever to celebrate. I did schoolies in Tasmania, so a bit different. But this is not a party book, although there are plenty of parties. Gabrielle tackles the complex emotions that teens face at this time, with her usual humour and warmth. Here is the blurb. School's out. Forget study, exams, and mapping out the future. For the next seven days, the only homework is partying with friends, making new ones, and living in the moment. There are no parents or curfews and no rules. Zoe, Samira and Dahlia are strangers, but they have something in common. Their plans for a dream holiday after their final year of school are flipped upside down before they even arrive at the beach. From hooking up and heartache to growing apart, testing friendships and falling in love, anything can go down this week. So before Gabrielle reads from her novel, I asked her to answer some questions about her writing process, as well as her top three tips for writers, because I know how much you all love hearing these tips. Here is Gabrielle Toza reading from her young adult novel, Can't Say It Went to Plan.
1: Hi, I'm Gabrielle Toza and I'm the author of Can't Say It Went to Plan, Valerie asked me to record the answers to some questions before I narrate the first chapter. So here goes. Number one, what inspired me to write this story? So I Can't Say it Went to Plan follows three strangers who experience an incredibly roller coaster week at schoolies, which we all know is the huge party week that goes down at the end of year 12. So this is an idea that I've actually had in the back of my mind for a really, really long time. My girlfriends and I went to schoolies when I was 17, about 100 years ago, and it's always been in my mind that it would just be this incredible landscape and world to set a young adult story in. Fast forward however many years, and this nugget of an idea landed in my brain about four years ago and that's where it all began. I let it marinate for a while. I had a child (laughs) instead of working on a book and when the timing was right I began to put pen to paper and here we are. Question number two, can you describe your writing process? That's a good one. My writing process has changed with every book that I've worked on. So Can't Say It Went to Plan is my seventh project with HarperCollins and my project just had to change because I've been in different seasons of life every time. So for example, with my earlier books, my writing process involved me writing almost every day from 5am to about 7, 7 7.30am before going off to a full-time job in the media These days, I have a three-year-old, I don't work full-time in the media anymore, I'm a freelancer, so I can kind of set my hours a little bit more, but I am also pregnant and juggling all these parental responsibilities that I never used to have. So now my writing process is all over the place. I've had to learn to be super adaptable, right in the cracks, I've lost my glorious 5am Golden slot that used to be so helpful for me when writing. So I'm kind of in an interesting stage of writing where I basically set a goal, hope for the best, and just write when I can. I tend to write an entire first draft without editing it at all, kind of get it all out of my head, because then on that second draft, once I've printed it out at the mothership office works, I can really go, go dive deep with my editor hat on and just tear it apart and then almost put it back together. So that's my favourite part of the process once I have that first draft, its first draft nailed down, then I've got something to work with. I'm not having to give evil eyes to the blank page. Question three What was the most challenging aspect of writing this book? On the whole, writing can't say it went to plan was actually a really joyous creative writing experience for me, which I definitely can't say about all my books, especially the young adult ones, because they do take a little bit out of me. There's a bit of angst usually (laughs) tapping into that. This one, however, I would say the most challenging aspect was more the logistics of my life at the time I was trying to write it. We did, my family and I did a tree change from the city to the country which kind of threw out my writing routine at the time and suddenly I didn't have daycare for a chunk of time and I had a you know toddler underfoot uh, who suddenly decided that waking up really early was what she needed to do. Um, So that was probably it for me just genuine logistics and time management Um, and I'm someone who thrives with A really like set writing routine you know like same place same time as often as possible and that just isn't what my life is letting me do at the moment so it's been a real test and a real challenge to kind of let go of some of these stories I've been telling myself about what I needed to get these books done and it's been cool to to realize that I can do it you know like circumstances don't have to be perfect you can still get words on the page (laughs) question four what was the most rewarding aspect of writing this book it's probably two the first one is some of the content I was able to include in this book I'm just really proud of and I'm excited that it's going to exist in a in a new book of mine that will be able to be accessed by girls and boys in high school dealing with topics such as mental health and and grief and worthiness, you know, self-worth, all hidden within very interesting or funny storylines, of course. Um, there's a real element there to, I wish I had this book when I was younger to kind of see certain parts of myself reflected on the page and know that There were parts of me that were okay Um, and then the most other rewarding aspect and I know that I'm way too reliant on external validation even after all this time is just receiving that first email back from my publisher who got to read probably my fourth draft I think and she was one of the first people to read it and just hearing her really positive reaction to it and basically saying that she felt like this book was one that you know I wouldn't necessarily have been able to do 10 years ago like I've kind of come a long way in in terms of you know the the book creation process um and just getting that really positive amazing feedback from her really was just so rewarding it just made me realize how lucky I was to be pouring all my time into this particular story that meant so much to me. Okay, question five. What are your top three tips to aspiring writers? First one, read, read, read. Continually blows me away. How many people just tell me that they've got an idea or they want to be a writer and then when you ask them what they're reading, they don't have anything to tell you so that's a big one number two just start what I mean by that is you can fix anything that you write so just get some words down say a big f you to the blank page because you can edit it once it's done you cannot edit a blank page that's just the lesson I have to continually tell myself because that blank page can be very scary, but you can fix it, absolutely. And number three, I would say my final one, and this has been a, a lesson for me that I've learned over the over time, is experiment with your creative process, your routine, your habits, and see what works for you. Because what's going to work for you might not work for another writer. They've got completely different circumstances or energy levels or whatever happens to be and so play around with things if something's not working for you try something different and so what I have found is for every single book I've had to shake it up so even if you do find the perfect process um, you may need to mix it up in the future and that is absolutely okay there is not one perfect process Um, so have fun with it now I'm going to narrate the first chapter of my book can't say it went to plan. Now, I mentioned that the book follows three strangers. And so the book is broken up into different perspectives and over the course of a seven-day period. So I'm going to read you day one from the perspective of one of the gorgeous girls, Zoe. Here we go. Zoe, day one, 7.13 a.m. Zoe is still haunted by the final exam. Sweaty palms, ticking clock, the extra page she didn't see until there was only three minutes to go. She remembers her frozen brain, like she was stuck on pause while everyone else was on fast forward, and the page filled with nothing but abstract doodling in the top right corner. How the other students in her biology class exhaled with relief when they put down their pens, but she ran out and sobbed in a bathroom stall. She takes a deep breath, shaking off the memory. I'm heading off, she calls into the belly of the house. First stop, Lucas, next stop, Paradise. Zoe Russo, wait, please. She turns, suitcase in hand, to see her father leaning against the living room doorframe. That's Dr. Zoe Russo to you, she says with a smile. Not yet, he grins back. Only a million years of studying medicine to complete first. Any early acceptance news yet, Chickpea? Maybe this week, she says, tired eyes blinking behind her cat-eye prescription glasses. Her father pats her gently on the shoulder. You'll hear soon, soon enough. Now, Mum wants to see you. It's important, so I'll fix you some breakfast. Dad, she's already lectured me about reapplying sunscreen every few hours. Message received. Besides, I'm eating at Lucas'. Auntie Elena always serves an out-of-this-world feast, even better than Auntie Caro's so i better go before Violet eats all the pastries. Come on, her father says, and guides her into the living room where her mother is perched on the couch watching the morning news. She's nibbling her thumbnail and curled in on herself. Sit, please, Zoe. She doesn't stop staring at the television. Zoe follows her gaze. The news segment has Teens Gone Wild running along the banner at the bottom of the screen, paired with footage of young people with fiery red sunburn wearing skimpy bikinis and board shorts. They're in nightclubs, at beaches, in enormous resort pools, at glow stick pack raves. They're kissing, they're poking out their tongues at the camera, they're licking salt out of belly buttons before dunking shots. It's obvious they're drunk and there's nothing that we can say to disguise it. This is the week you and your cousins want to attend, her mother mutters. This? Yes. "'Technically,' Zoe says, cringing as a group of bo- boys moon the camera. Luther Violet and I will stick together, "'and Prakash and Akito from school are staying at the same resort.' Oh, now, "'Now, why would a good boy like Prakash want to attend this?' "'Mrs Russo asked. "'The Tells would never allow it.' "'Not everyone is as strict as the Russo,' Zoe blurts out. "'Mr Russo scoffs. "'We're not, we're not strict.' I'll never look at the Patel's the same way, Mrs Russo said, shaking her head. Outrageous. Zoe steps forward. Don't judge them. Prakash has worked hard all year, all his life. We all have. She sighs. He's already got early acceptance into media studies in the city. And you haven't heard anything yet, Mrs Russo reminds her. Nothing is certain. Who knows what you'll do or where you'll be? Zoe's jaw hardens. Her first university preference, nicknamed number one, is all the way across the country and its faraway location is a sore point with her family. But it boasts some of the highest performing graduates amongst its alumni, which makes it Zoe's coveted top spot. Number two and number three are also prestigious institutions, but their campuses are closer to home with slightly more modest reputations. Mum, I'll hear soon. What else do you want from me? I did my best. That's why I cannot believe you want to flush your life away on partying and public nudity. Mrs. Russo snaps. What? Why would you even think we'd be naked? Zoe asks, then glances at the television. A group of girls are bearing their pixelated chests to the camera. Mrs. Russo purses her lips. No. No. That's it. It's not happening. Zoe's grip tightens on her suitcase handle. What do you mean? I was uncomfortable when I thought it was a small trip away with your cousins, but this? No. Your aunties might be okay with it, but I won't let you. Zoe and her two cousins were born within four months of each other, making them as close as siblings, but their parents' views on the world have differed since day one. Everything's booked. It has been for ages, Zoe says, standing her ground. You said I could go. Mrs Russo sighs. It may have been what we discussed, but... No, it's what we agreed on. I've paid for everything. It's non-refundable. Zoe's eyes well up. Dad, say something. I'm sorry, Chickpea. You heard your mum. Zoe's ponytail whips behind her as she storms over to the display cabinet, crammed with her and her older sister Greta's trophies and certificates. Greta hasn't lived at home for five years. She's away completing a degree in advanced astronomy and astrophysics, but her awards still have pride of place. Zoe pulls out her chemistry trophy from the back of the cabinet. I topped that class, she says, and that one, and that one, and that one, as she tosses more awards onto her couch next to her mother. I was school captain, on the football team, in the musical, and I got the highest marks, maybe even in the state. Sure, I didn't get into the gifted and talented program like your beloved Greta, but I. your sister has nothing to do with this, Mr Russo says. Calm down. "'Don't tell me to calm down, Zoe rages. "'You have no idea what I've been through this year. "'I did everything you expected. "'I studied so hard that my eyes felt like they were going to fall out of my head. "'I even did extra shifts at the supermarket to pay for this trip "'so it doesn't add any strain on you. "'And I didn't complain once. "'Auntie Alina and Auntie Caro have covered every cent for Luca and Violet. "'Did you know that?' Mrs Russo switches off the news. What your father's sisters choose to do with their children has no standing in this house. My word is final. I'm sorry if you're upset, Zoe. Zoe's cheeks burn with anger. This was my one thing. Dad, why don't we arrange a night away with the younger cousins to the lake this week? Mr Russo suggests. That might be fun. Zoe groans. Oh, they're seven and nine. Yes, Dad. Dad. While my best friends go on a holiday without me, babysitting the kids by a puddle of brown water sounds like heaven. Mrs. Russo's lips are pursed into a thin line. Unpack your bag and let's have some breakfast, she says quietly. There'll be more opportunities to see everyone. Dad? Zoe tries again. Dad, please. He lowers his head, unable to make eye contact. I hate you! Zoe storms into her bedroom, slamming the door behind her. She hurls her suitcase into the corner, swipes her textbooks off the desk and climbs into bed without taking off her ballet flats. She burrows down into the soft mattress, dragging pillows beneath the doona to curl her body around and tries to shut out the sound of her parents arguing. She opens up the group chat. It's got the five of them through exams and long stretches of holidays, stuck with the family and sick days and mind-numbing history lessons Saturday nights at home with nothing to do. The messages flood in. What do you mean you're not coming? Annie <gasps> Rosetta's lost her mind. Are
0: you serious?
1: I'll send mum over to talk to your dad. This is not okay. It won't work, Luca. He's on her side. Are you trying to prank us? No, P, I wish. R.I.P. social life. I'll smog you to the beach in my suitcase, Kay. Thanks, Akito. Might take you up on that, actually. Zoe, this can't be happening. I know. We love you. Love you too. Five minutes later, Zoe's mother leads her out of the bedroom and into the kitchen. She places a bowl of muesli, fresh fruit and yoghurt in front of Zoe, who just stares at it. It's better this way, Mrs Russo says. You'll understand when you have children of your own. When I... Mum! Zoe rolls her eyes. I don't want kids. What I want is to go away with my friends. We can't always get what we want, Mr Russo says. And look, your mother and I have work today, but maybe we can take a few days off later in the week. Have a fun time as a family. You'll see, Chickpea, you'll forget all about this. Zoe sits at the table until breakfast is finished, cringing at her father's loud chewing and her mother's scraping of her spoon against the ceramic bowl. Once it's over, she returns to her bedroom. Too upset to do anything else, she curls up under the sheet and falls into a restless sleep. When she wakes up, the house is still. She checks her phone. Her parents would have already left for work. She turns over to Lana her back, her side, her front. She tries the warm side of the pillow, then the cool side. Nothing feels right, so she gets out of bed and massages the kinks in her neck, the tightness in her arms. As she rests her leg against the desk to stretch her hamstrings like a ballerina at the bar, she spots her luggage in the corner. Her chest tightens at the thought of unpacking it. She'll be folding her sundresses back into drawers while her cousins argue over which music playlist to listen to in the car. Zoe swears under her breath even though her parents aren't even at home. Her mind jumps a week into the future when everyone will be returning from the trip relaxed, recharged and even more bronzed. She reaches for her phone. Left yet, Luca? She traces over the frames of her glasses as she wills him to reply, but there's nothing, not even the teasing three dots. She swears again, louder this time. Then, body surging with adrenaline, she grabs her suitcase and strides through the house. She pauses in the hallway to look at the framed photos on the wall. There's a shot from when the family visited Zoe's great-uncle in Sicily. She's a baby, strapped to her mother's chest, her dark tufts of hair poking out of the top of the carrier while a young Greta plays in the golden sand with their father and fishing bob boats bob in the nearby, nearby port. Beside it is a snap from Greta's high school graduation five years earlier. Mrs Russo is beaming and her hand rests on Greta's shoulder. Their shiny brown hair and glittering eyes are mirror images of each other. Sorry, Zoe mutters before slipping out the side door. Nothing matters except the sound of her feet and suitcase thumping against the uneven footpath. Nothing matters except getting to Luca's in time. <laughs>
0: Zoe. Okay, so fans of Australian young adult fiction are going to love this book. And if you haven't yet read any OzYA, make sure you check out the hashtag LoveOzYA, that's O-Z-Y-A, on Twitter and Instagram, and also the website LoveOzYA.com.au. Can't Say It Went to Plan by Gabrielle Toza is out now with Harper Collins. I found it really interesting how Gabrielle said that she's had to change the way she writes. And it doesn't matter, you can still get the words on the page. Alison Tate always talks about how you can't wait for the muse, and this is similar. If you'd love to write your own YA novel one day, then you have to make a commitment to yourself. That's what YA author Astrid Schulte did. Have a listen to her story.
2: I'd always loved writing, but it had taken a bit of a backseat while I was working in film and pursuing my career. And I tried a few times to to write a different story, but I usually would get stuck around 20 to 25,000 words. And I didn't know or have the tools to kind of continue with that process to see the manuscript through. So that's what really led me to looking at a course to push through to the end. So the first course that I signed up was for creative writing stage one. It was just a great starting point of Acknowledging that this was something I wanted to take seriously. It was something that I was investing my time into. The things I found most useful about Creative Writing One was actually being in a classroom environment with other people who had the same desires and aspirations to be published as I did. So it also gave me a wonderful network. It was just this really wonderful time where, you know, you set aside certain hours a week and you would go into this very supportive environment and learn about something that you're extremely passionate about. So you get to keep that community alive through the Facebook groups to have to support you through your writing career. I enrolled in several courses at the Australian Writers' Centre and each one gave me some sort of knowledge or skill or advice that I didn't know about whatever the topic was, whether it was creative writing in general, how to write a novel, how to write history, mystery or magic and it really kind of gave me this general understanding and base for going out into the world with my manuscripts and hoping to get published. I did envision myself being a published author ever since I was a young kid. And I'm so excited to say that I am a published author.
0: If you'd like to find out more, go to writerscentre.com.au slash creative writing. Thanks for listening to Story Sessions of So You Want to Be a Writer. You'll find more details about the podcast and a wealth of writing resources and courses at writerscentre.com.au. This podcast is brought to you by the Australian Writers Centre. Do connect with us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at writerscentreau. And of course, connect with us personally in our free podcast listener community on Facebook. Just search for So You Want to Be a Writer podcast community and request to join. Alice and I will be back to our regular programming in the next episode. Thanks for listening and I look forward to chatting to you again next time.